This is Jack Burton in the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. It's a pretty amazing planet we live on here, and a man would have to be some kind of fool to think we're all alone in this universe. There's a hidden world called Little China. What's going on here? Is this some kind of magic? The darkest magic. It's where big trouble was waiting for Jack Burton. Who? Jack Burton. Me. Jack. Jack. Jack! We make one move. Somebody, I don't care who, tell me what is going on. How are you going to spring us? I have no idea. Hello and welcome to Here's and Johnny's Reviews, uh, the movie review podcast that will slice or dice or praise and hype a movie. Each and every month there's a theme. This month's theme is John Carpenter Classics 2. My look at The Thing, Escape from New York, Dark Star and today's movie Big Trouble in Little China. The 1986 cult supernatural horror, hmm. which sadly tanked Hever box office Big box office numbers doesn't necessarily mean a good movie. Look at the bloody Bay Transformers, for fuck's sake, they're awful. Yet they rake more money than God. <laughs> anyway, if you want a giggle, uh, check out the music video starring Carpenter, Tommy Lee Wallace and Nick Castle. It's the ultimate cheese cringe 80s music video. The lip syncing, the fashion, the scream wipes, it has it all. And my God, it's hilarious. <clears throat> anyway, back to the movie. Uh, with its $25 million budget, this thing sadly pulled in $11 million. However, I think that's because 20th Century Fox didn't have a clue to market this movie. Um, also, it was uh, very much ahead of its time. I mean, uh, the whole martial arts fad didn't hit until the 90s, I believe, and not the late 80s. Anyway, um, plus it had a competition from Eddie Murphy's Golden Child, which has very similar themes, uh, except Golden Child tanked even worse than this one did. Also, I think Fox was pouring money into another little movie you might have heard of called Aliens. Hmm. By the way, check my archives. I covered that a few years back. However, in saying that, I first saw this back in 1987, I think or 88. I was about eight or nine, and I loved it. This movie has everything. Cheesy effects, hammy acting on purpose, that is. Uh, practical effects, and an awesome soundtrack. So, why, what's not to love? Hmm. Also, this movie inspired Lord Raiden from Mortal Kombat. By the way, Chickmarkers, I covered both three movies. But anyway, on to this movie itself. Starring Kurt Russell, Dennis Dunn, Kim Cattrall, James Hong, Victor Wong, and Susie Pai. I think that's how I pronounce her name. If not, apologies. Written by John Carpenter. The plot, a trunk. Uh, oh, see that again. A truck driver wannabe cowboy and his best friend take on mystical ageless sorcerer who kidnaps both their girlfriends because they have green eyes. Seems this wizard needs a woman with green eyes to break his curse to become a god. The candy's two best friends stop the wizard and using help from his mystical uncle and get their girlfriends back before the wannabe god destroys the earth, if not the universe find out here. So the movie opens up on a reshot opening to promote Kurt Russell as the lead because the studio didn't want a Chinese lead. How fucking racist is that? It opens up on Egg Shen, played by Victor Wong of Golden Child, Prince of Darkness, again check my archives, 
Tremors and the three Ninja movies. He's being interviewed by an unnamed lawyer, played by Jerry Harden of the X-Files fame, as to what happened and why a whole city block just went up in flames. Green flames at that. Uh, but Shen won't say a thing, telling the story of Chinese black magic, ghosts and mystical powers. The lawyer doesn't believe in, so Shen shows off his Raiden-like electrical powers. And note, these special effects were done by the same guy that did Ghostbusters and Masters of the Universe movie. So, hence why it's got the really cool uh, practical effects stuff. And we move on. Also, the, the, the lawyer asks about the... Um, whole block getting blown up. It's not actually shown. It's one building that gets blown up, not the whole bloody block. Moving on. Then we meet Jack Burton himself. Uh, Burton, even. Himself, played by Kurt Russell of The Kill of Sunrise, Tango and Cash, Tombstone, and the Stargate movie. As he's driving his 18 wheeler, quote, pork shop. Uh, talking absolute crap on a CB radio, as you do. Note, this was originally going to be a western set in the 1840s America, with Jack being a cowboy who got his horse sharp stolen. He then goes on a mystical journey about Chinese demons and gods to get it back. This however was scrapped and rewritten to fit into a modern 80s aesthetic. The plain, white, boring titles continue as he drives over the Golden Gate Bridge onto San Francisco. Driving into Chinatown, Jack grabs a bite to eat while gambling as his truck full of live pigs are unloaded. And here we meet his best friend, Wang Chi, uh, played by Dennis Dunn of The Last Emperor, Prince of Darkness, Up Close and Personal, and Warriors of Virtue, as Jack cleans them out. However, Wang isn't pleased, so bets Jack double or nothing, he can cut a beer bottle in half using a meat cleaver. Jack says no, he's carrying over a thousand dollars in winnings. Just take the loss and move on. Wang insists, however, and the trick goes wrong, and here we see Jack has impressive lightning-fast reflexes. Wang tries everything to welch on paying on the bet, so Jack sticks to him like glue, giving him a ride to the airport to pick up his girlfriend, Mao Yen, played by Susie Pai. Uh, it seems uh, Wang and her are sweethearts, and Wang saved up to bring her to America to marry her. From somewhere in China... I can't remember what I said it wasn't. And move on. At the airport, Jack picks up reporter Gracie Law. Um, oh God, these names. I swear to God, these names. Gracie Law, played by Kim Cattrall of Sex and City fame. And also Star Trek, uh, what was it, 4? She was in 5? Oh, I can't mind. Anyway, she's having none of Jack's smooth, fast-talking pickup lines until he gets her bag back from a Chinese gang of pickpockets. And I got to love the soft racism of the 80s because, of course, it'll be Chinese pickpockets. God's sake. This movie. Hmm. The 80s, actually. Hmm. And note, Kim Cattrall had to wear green contact lenses, which she hated, as it took her eyes a good half hour to get used to them, but she couldn't turn down the chance to work with John Carpenter, so she grinned and bared it. Anyway, Jack tries to get Gracie, Gracie's bag back from the street gang, the Lords of Death. Oh my god, the gang names in this movie. I swear to God, was this written on a bottle of Jack Daniels and a fucking 45, uh, 40 pack of cigarettes? Jesus Christ. <clears throat> this gang is beyond racist, with the leader wearing slanted eye eyeglasses, or sunglasses even. What the f... Uh, dear, oh dear. Uh, the gang tried to kidnap Gracie's friend, but Jack steps in to put a stop to it. 
and here one of the gang members pulls a butterfly knife and a, ma a metal baton to keep Jack at bay. He is then tripped up and Mao is taken at gunpoint because it wasn't the other woman they were after, but it was after her. So I go after the... F oh, wherever, moving on. Wang and Jack give chase as Gracie and her friend run into the car park to hightail out of there in an orange van. Because, you know, all <coughs> reporters drive bright orange van vans. Who is she? April O'Neil? Wang and Jack are almost run over by the gang as they speed off in a Japanese sports car with Mao bundled in the back like one of these little nodding dogs. Must have been comfortable for her. Jack gives chase and pork chop into downtown Chinatown. And here, I'm guessing, I was where we're supposed to be our introduction to Egg as a tour guide bus driver telling the tourists the history of Chinatown, how it was built during the gold rush by Chinese immigrants who brought over more people to build the town and hence Chinatown was built. Also the Transcontinental Railway. Mustn't forget about that. So Jack is going up the wrong way up a one-way street. So Egg barely swerves missing the truck. Wang tells Jack to turn down a blind alley, which leads into one of the great set pieces. Well, by the way, this blind alley turns into a huge open space. Is that how blind alley works in America? Hmm. Of a funeral. Anyway, the, a set piece of a funeral of another gang leader, the Fighting Tongs. I swear to God, these names. That are interrupted by yet another gang, the Wing Kong. Kong, even. And a huge fight starts. Even though people are getting gunned down, there's not a drop of blood to be seen. During the fight, men are getting their legs and arms snapped and run through with swords and knives, but not a drop. I guess... This is... Wait a minute here. Why is this a 15, actually, if there's not a drop of blood? I mean, there's violence, yes, but it's clearly cartoon violence. This should have been a 12. Or a PG. Well, I mean, not PG, but a 12. I mean... Uh, moving on. The fight is broken up by the Three Storms. Thunder, played by Carter Wong, who was the on-set martial arts instructor. Rain, played by Peter Wong. And Lightning, played by James Pax. And he's the one Lord Raynon is based off of, I think. Because Rain and Lightning seem to have the same powers. They seem to have lich powers, but move on. The gang tries to shoot the demigods to no avail. So Wang tells Jack to get the fuck out of there. And run over the wannabe god Lo Pan, played by James Hong of Kung Fu Panda movies. Uh, when Jack checks to see if he's still alive after he's been bulldozed over, does Lo Pan use magic flash from his eyes and mouth to temporarily blind Jack? Wang grabs him and they run down a blind alley again to clean out his eyes in a puddle. And technically, I'd rather be blind temporarily than use puddle water to clean my eyes. Fuck that. <laughs> the two then run into the Lords of Death, so run for their lives yet again. Wang takes him to his restaurant, the Dragon of the Black Pool, where Jack, who is pissed he can't get his truck insurers on the telephone, spills everything to Wang's uncle, Uncle Chow, played by Chow Li Chi. But Wang just brushes it under the carpet, saying it's not important, and Jack's exaggerating. And here we meet Wang's best friend, Eddie Lee, played by Donald Lee. Eddie tells Jack the laws of death so his truck, but still get it back in the morning. Just perfectly fine, because of course you can get your truck back from bloody triad... No, no, so not triads, but gang members. Just, just snap your fingers and there's your car back, you know, your truck back. Out of nowhere does Gracie show up, because of course she is. Uh, she's a bloody busybody fucking Jessica Fletcher type, I'm guessing. She's a, just a wealth of information here, as she tells them Mao 
is at the White Tiger and she'll be sold on the black market because she has green eyes and it'll fetch a pretty, a pretty penny. Look, I fucking speak. Also, Uncle Chu tells Jack about magic, ghosts, demons and gods and this is the first of several times about uh, Lu Pang's backstory. But more on that later. Wang takes Jack over to the White Tiger, which is a whorehouse, and all Jack needs to do is ask for a girl with green eyes. Outside in a pink Cadillac, yeah, because you're going to stick it with a fucking huge ash, ass even 18 foot pink Cadillac. Uh, does Gracie see one of her <coughs> contacts, Margot, played by Kate Burton, who Gracie pumps for information. Seems she's a wannabe reporter, but doesn't know anything because she's a wannabe reporter. Inside the <coughs> massage parlour, does Jack bluff his way in to seeing the girls? And note, Jack had a bad case of the flu here, so this sweat on his head and throughout the movie is actually real. Uh, he had a 109 degree temperature, I believe. Also, Camter got the idea for Escape from Los Angeles using nanovirus to trick Snake into rescuing the president's daughter. But it wasn't actually nanovirus, it was just a bad case of the flu. Like I said last week, give that one a miss, it's fucking awful. Jack isn't as smooth as you think he is, however, as he asks for a girl with green eyes to the madame who runs the place. She then runs off to Jacquard Mao, who is kept tied up in a hidden room for some reason. The three storms come down in a ball of green light to kidnap Mao. Jack takes them on because of course he does, because why wouldn't you take on three guys who just float down from the ceiling and rip off the fucking roof? But he has no effect on him because he's a mere mortal and a fucking idiot. He's supposed to be the great hero of this bloody story. Why couldn't he have a Chinese blade? I mean, racist bloody... Mm. Where was I? Jack is then helped out of the the um, <coughs> massage parlour by Gracie and Huang at Gracie's office slash apartment. Does Eddie and Huang tell all about wizards, gods and magic? So that's twice they talk about Lupang's backstory. Also, Lupang is the godfather of Chinatown, yet... He's called David Lupang in his human form, and no one has set eyes on him in decades. Wang demands to go to the Wang Kong Exchange, i.e. Lupang's hideout. So off Jack and Wang go to get Mao back on lonesome, because you're going to take on an entire gang by yourself. Yes. Jack bluffs his way in, uh, pretending to be from the telephone company. So, you're telling me a super secret gang hideout has no security, and anyone can just walk right in, finding the secret elevator or lift. Mm. As back at the restaurant, Gracie wants to do something, but Egg and Uncle Chow uh, try talking her down. Back with Jack, who's now wearing his iconic wife-beater vest with Chinese symbols on it, as seen in Death Proof. Check it out, by the way, it's quite a good movie. Uh, they find a way into the hidden elevator slash lift. At the restaurant, Gracie is given a crash course in Chinese magic and mysticism by Egg and Uncle Chow, explaining David Lopan is cursed and is a ghost who wants to be mortal again, so become a god. That's three times he has backstories been told, but moving on. In the lift, it starts to fill up with water. See water that is. So the lift is now filled up. And Jack and Wang have to swim for their lives and swim to the top side, finding they're in the hell of the upside down sinners, as there's dozens of bodies floating upside down, chained by their ankles in this um, seawater. 
One of the shitty storms captures them and takes them to a furnace room where he uses his magic to kick their arses, i.e. blowing red balls, soft red balls at that, into Jack's guts. That feels like full-on gut punches and scaring. Also, after this, they're taking on old Victorian wooden wheelchairs to see David Lopan. They're taken into a room with about 30 or so golden Buddha statues. And a big massive gong in the middle of it. As out wheels David Lopang in an electric wheelchair looking about 100 years old. Some great uh, um, makeup effects here. Jack tries to smart talk him, but Lopang shuts him down, explaining he has waited over 2,000 years for his chance at finding a girl with green eyes. And here Lopang tells Jack he needs a girl with green eyes to make him young, whole, and powerful again so he can rule the universe. Jack doesn't believe this thinking it's all bullshit. So that's now four or five times his backstory's been told. Just then, Gracie and Eddie walk in the front door of the exchange, where the hell that is, and Lopan sees him on the TV camera. This pisses him off, so he just rolls away in anger. Jack and Wang are then taken away to be killed, both put in a room with skeletons and just dumped there, because of course they are. As one of the three storms, now in a human form, give Gracie and Eddie a tour of the building. In the lift they go, and they're gassed and just taken away. Now, free from the wooden wheelchairs, because they're wooden wheelchairs and just knock them and smash them open. Why have them in metal chairs? I mean, mm. Wang tells Jack to keep the faith, and they'll get out and rescue Mao. While still trapped, Wang tells Jack it's all true, all the myths, all the legends of Chinese lore. Again, yet more backstory. I mean, this is now, what, five times? Six times? He tells Jack the first emperor of China, cursed Lopang, back in 272 BC, to have no flesh. And they then hear footsteps as one of the three storms with Eddie's body, knocked out body, that is, comes in. Uh, Wang escapes, um, helping Eddie as Jack holds the demigod at knife point until he expands his chest and Jack is sent flying downwards, sorry, backwards, down a slope in one of the wheelchairs heading towards uncertain death at an, uh, what the hell is it, a, a wishing well sort of thing. Anyway, but Jack stops himself just in a time and this is the start of the <coughs> humour. Um, Wang kicks the guns from the guards that Jack ran over. And here the men th- swap the three guns in a bad penis-sized joke. Wang has a shotgun, Jack has a machine gun, and Eddie has a small handgun. Teehee. Uh, off they go to hunt down for Gracie and Margot. In his office, David Lopang trans- transforms into Lopan in some really cool practical effects as David's body glows from the inside, turning into Lopan, dressed in full emperor robes. He just glides and faces through walls, and that's really cool, actually. He glides to Mia, uh, Mao's rather, body that is just floating in midair. He can, however, touch her as his hands go through her body. Wang, Jack, and Eddie are caught by the gang, so have to fight them off one by one. And note, Dennis Dunn had had no martial arts training at the time and landed all in 16 weeks, including the wire work and trampolining. Once they're going with them, they take the lift back up to where the girls are held. Wang holds Eddie at gunpoint as Jack shimmies along underneath the bridge, and this somehow works as Wang and Eddie deal with female guards. Does Jack get the girls free? And when I say girl, I mean about a hundred girls. I mean, all these Chinese girls, I'm just going to be sold into slave labour. 
was about 100. Then when he escaped, there was about 4 or 5. It's weird. Wang runs for it as yet more gang members show up. They all dive into the seawater and swim for it. They swim through the sewers and escape using a handy dandy ladder that leads up and out because of course it'd have a bloody escape hatch. Hmm. Jack of course runs ahead and has to deal with yet more gang members. Jack tells everyone to run and hide and he'll deal with them all single-handedly. What a brave little chicken he is. Wang says no, he'll stay by his side, do or die. Jack empties his machine gun um, into the gang as Wang has to deal with the gang members one at a time as Jack struggles to get his trusty knife from his little boot and again this is supposed to be hilarious although it's really annoying actually I mean Jack comes across as this big rough tough hard man yet he's a complete incompetent imbecile or I suppose it is a humour hmm. and also the fact how the gang members attack Wang one at a time so they wouldn't gang up them just one at a time where they get their arse kicked <laughs> Jack finally gets his knife free just as Wang knocks out the last gang member with that they all escape bum rushing to the bus outside handily Egg, Shen has been sitting outside for all this time and not one of the bloody three inept guards at the front door has noticed this big yellow bus outside a fucking building oh, for God's sake. all but Gracie uh, run outside who is kidnapped by a Blanca lookalike Egg barely gets his bus away as the guards shoot up the bus so once the overgrown orange orangutan has chained up Gracie does David Lupang a wee line excited to see she has green eyes also later that morning at the restaurant does Egg come in with his gang the Chang Sings I mean uh, the names with a splash of magic Egg his gang Jack and Huang go to decoy Lupang and his entire army as Margot is left behind with Eddie to help the to help Uncle Chow and the girls because reasons. Back at Lupang's palace, Gracie is thrown in the same room as Mao. In walks Lopan, who tells Gracie he needs a girl with green eyes to tame the flaming sword so he can marry her and become whole again. Therefore, him becoming mortal becomes a god. Kidding. With that, he puts Gracie in a trance, and again, this is now six times his backstory's been told. Why not just tell it once and that's it? I mean. Back with Jack as he slides down Egg's fire pole into the underground sewer, which is the underground hell apparently, leading to Lupin's hideout. In his palace, Lupin has the three storms show off their martial arts skills as Gracie and Mao just stand there in a trance, not reacting. Meanwhile, deep underground, Egg hands out magical items to Jack and his gang. One of the three storms, lightning I think it is, gives Grace and Mao Sorts to hold on to by the blade as they both float and rise up. All three demigods and Lopan make the swords glow with fire as both girls continue to hold on as the swords reach higher and higher up into the ceiling, touching a pearl, which of course means they're now perfect. I have no idea how this bit was. Anyway, this pleases Lopan, saying he'll marry both. Both girls are then dressed in wedding attire as Thunder comes in to put the girls in a trance to pass the final test. Both girls' eyes turn chalk white. And this final test is what exactly, because it doesn't actually explain what the final test was. Egg tells yet more of Lopan's backstory that once he marries the girl with green eyes, he must kill her to become whole. He then hands out magic green tea, which says, 
will give them sight beyond sight and power over mere men and other special abilities. And yes, I did quote from Thundercats there. On to Lupin's wedding set, which is a huge neon skull with an escalator uh, for a tongue, as both girls are led to the altar, which uh, is a giant neon green Buddha statue. I think it has an enemy with multiple arms, so I could be wrong there. Uh, under the palace, Egg spots a guardian, which is basically a floating eyeball, which Lupin uses to spy on people. Lupin uses this to tell Egg he's too late. Jack just shoots it as it floats off. Finally, they walk into Lupin's palace, where Egg hands out the magic tea, and I thought this was done much, much earlier, but I guess I was wrong. Down they go in a lift to face off against Lopan's army, and they're now in the, was it, 8th or ninth level of hell or something like that. And this is the stuff I loved as a kid. The effects, the bad acting, the martial arts, all of it. Lopan is just about to seal the deal and marry both girls. First by inserting a huge needle, or the needle of love, into Mal's arm. Which makes him bleed from one prick. And he's uh, moving on then. <clears throat> the floating eyeball spies Egg telling Lo, Lopan that is, uh, that they're there. So Wang stabs it in the eye with a sword, killing it. And by the way, this thing is practical, by the way, it's no fucking CGI, it's no nothing, it's just a pra practical big floating eyeball thing. Uh, with that, the two gangs start to fight, Jack knocks himself out yet again by firing bullets into the air, hitting the ceiling as debris hits him in the head, because tee Gracie comes to and tries her best to fight off Lopan, but she's tossed aside and knocked out yet again. I swear to God, she's a bloody pathetic, useless... Excuse a woman in this fucking movie. I mean, come on, love. Fight back. With fights happening all around, Jack finally comes to. Wang takes on Rain in Wirefu sword fight. Jack literally gets pinned in by a palace guard who's in the huge golden armour. Um, palace guard uh, pins Jack down. Literally, as Jack has to use his trusty knife in his boot. And he's weighed down by this dead, gigantic fucking thing wearing gold armour, pinning him down. Finally, Egg Chen and Lupang use the magic to face off, which entails him conjuring up two samurais to sword fight for them in a flash of 80s-tastic light effects. And these light effects were used in Master Universe, with He-Man fighting off against Skeletor. Lupang wins and runs off with Mao, as Lightning tries to fry Egg. He uses Molina's metal fan from Mortal Kombat to deflect the bolt, killing Lightning. I think he does anyway. With his last breath, Lightning seals the giant skull's mouth shut as Lopan and Thunder run off with Mao. Wang finally kills Rain by throwing a sword at him as he's flying through the air and it impales him. Then he crash lands into the Buddha statue, which Shen uses a magic bomb to seal shut. Get in. Wang then falls Lopan up as Egg blows up everything using yet more magic bombs. Jack uses the hidden lift up to Lopan's office where he faces off against Thunder. Thunder just expands himself until he blows himself up to the shock of Wang and him. What the fuck was the point of that power? I mean, you just expand and kill yourself. Okay then. But not before Jack kills Lopan, who is now human by catching his trusty knife, which he threw earlier and missed. Uh, Lopan picks it up and just throws it at him, but as I say, Jack catches it, throws it back and hits him square in the eye, right between the eyes, killing him, because why would you want to become whole again just to be killed by a knife to the... Oh, moving on. With both dead, the, pla the palace starts to crumble down, 
and shake violently. Does lightning come out of nowhere to try to shock Jack and Co. However, they easily escape as lightning shows off his lightning moves. So Egg throws down a magic bomb, killing the foolish god, finally! Only after rescuing Mutant using a handy dandy crossbow winch, which wouldn't actually hold the weight of these people. Moving on. They all run for it, and Jack finds his truck. Uh, in which they'll escape. Back at the restaurant, they all celebrate as Egg walks into the fog, saying he's, his goodbyes and he must go back to, I don't know, China. Um, Gracie hits on... Sorry, Jack finally gets paid. Grace hits on him, but he knocks her back, saying no. He then just drives off some pork chop into the darkness of the night. Under the cab is not Blanca, uh, holding for dear life, grinning at the camera, as credits finally roll. So, that was Big Trouble in Little China. As I said, I loved this as a kid, but it doesn't sit quite well enough as an adult. However, in saying that, the story does go at a fast pace. The effects are great, the acting is hammy on purpose, but good. It's just the movie explains Lopan and his powers several times, and he is easily killed. Like, one blow to the head and he's dead. I mean, hmm. However... This is still a fun time, so I'm going to give this thing a 7 out of 10. Stick it on, have a few drinks, and this is a good time. So, come back next week for Love Sucks, aka Vampire Movies, including Fright Night, its remake, and Vamp. March is B-Movie, March Madness, including The Stuff and Evil Dead 3. And April is Aliens. That's Alien, Alien 3, Alien Resurrection, and Alien Covenant. So forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. Also follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me with suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my other franchise podcasts of Iron Man, Captain America, Superman, and more. Also my solo podcast of Supergirl, Donnie Darko, and many, many more. A bye. <laughs>